You're listening to the Legal Skinny Podcast with Trisha Burita. I'm a 16-year licensed practicing attorney in the state of Texas. I created Legal Skinny because when I've been invited to do educational seminars on different subjects in employment law and leadership topics, company leaders like CEOs, managers, and HR professionals would often ask me where can they find a little more information on this and a little more information on that. Look, I get it. There's a lot of resources out there, but sometimes it's confusing and people are so busy. Sometimes people only have 30 or 15 or maybe even five minutes in their day to devote to learning something new. On this podcast, you'll hear me have discussions and interviews on topics relevant to company leaders. Disclaimer though, Legal Skinny is for entertainment and informational purposes only, not meant to provide legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. Also remember, laws change or they differ by jurisdiction. So this is not a substitute for seeking legal counsel in your jurisdiction on the current law applicable to you. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Legal Skinny Podcast. All right. So remember episode number 38, where I talked about pot for shots, you know, the campaign of those two Detroit, Michigan distilleries offering a marijuana joint to anyone in the public showing proof of vaccine. I thought that was pretty wow at the time. Well, incentives for taking the vaccine have taken a whole new turn. So let's talk about it. Let's start, let's start with beer. <laughs> let's talk beer. Okay, Anheuser-Busch pledged on June 2nd to buy Americans 21 or older a round of beer once 70% of U.S. adults are partially vaccinated. Um, the Miami Beach Chamber of Commerce offered beachgoers a walk-up vaccination site, okay, where in exchange for the vaccination shot, they could get a real shot of booze um, at a participating venue in their uh, promotion called Shots for Shots. And moving on, uh, if you like fries, New York City's Shake Shack joined up with the New York City mayor to offer free crinkle fries if you get vaccinated in one of the city's mobile vaccine buses. Let's throw education in the mix. So uh, Ohio offered five full ride scholarships in a statewide lottery to any in-state college or university for residents between 12 and 17. And New York and Delaware also got into the education mix, offering a one full ride scholarship to a state school as well. Oh, and the cash. I know you've heard about the cash. That's made a lot of press. Uh, people, the cash. Um, the cash being offered is crazy. Um, Ohio, you know, kind of made the first big splash with headlines that it was going to be offering $1 million lottery prizes to the vaccinated. Um, then, then Oregon, you know, also followed in a take your shot campaign for their million dollar lottery. And of course, California and New York got into the mix with California's Vax for the Win and New York's Vax and Scratch. So California, they offer, they're offering 10 winners of their $1.5 million cash prizes and New York's scratch off tickets yielding prizes with the grand prize being 5 million. Okay. And Indiana, uh, get this, um, switching gears from the money, which this is pretty valuable to me as well. But in Indiana, residents receive one free box of Girl Scout cookies at their vaccination appointments. Um, maybe you don't like Girl Scout. I mean, who doesn't like Girl Scout cookies, right? Like <laughs> I'm partial to the Thin Mints on that one, but, uh, uh, that, that was pretty cool. 
Um, you're also seeing like tickets and stuff. So like Illinois giving away 50,000 um, 50, free tickets to Six Flags. Alabama, they um, allowed residents that attended a clinic at the Talladega Super Speedway to take their own car two laps around the speedway <laughs> and get to experience that. Um, if you haven't heard, uh, the National Football League's gotten into the mix. The NFL's announced it will give away 50 tickets to the Super Bowl to vaccinated people who share why it's important to get vaccinated. And just to revisit the pot first shots, let's add another layer to that story. Washington State seemed to jump on that bandwagon with uh, joints for jabs, allowing adults who are 21 or older to get a free marijuana joint when they get the vaccine shot for COVID-19. You know, apparently this was all proved through the LCB, which is the Washington State Liquor and Cannabis Board. And now finally, for the guns and trucks. Well, I think West Virginia comes in with the win, announcing that five hunting rifles and five hunting shotguns will be given away in a lottery to those who have been vaccinated. And West Virginia is also offering uh, those two brand new custom trucks and some uh, lifetime hunting and fishing licenses to be lotteried off. So um, that's a, that's quite, quite some prizes there over there in West Virginia. Now uh, that's just in the United States. What about the rest of the world? And uh, are they getting in on the incentive business with the, the COVID-19 vaccines? And the answer is yes. And, and just to name a few, um, let's talk about the Russians. They, uh, they've been offering free ice cream to get the COVID-19 vaccine shot. And specifically in Moscow, uh, they've been um, having some drawings, weekly drawings, where they give away five cars a week um, for those uh, that got vaccinated and are entered in those drawings. In the Philippines in Southeast Asia, a mayor decided on a cow raffle uh, and other cities offering huge sacks of rice. Um, and the South China Morning Post out of Hong Kong published that there's a lottery featuring a new flat worth, um, this is in Hong Kong dollars, 10.8 million, which I think if I, if I have the habit <laughs> translated right, it's about 1.4 million US dollars, still, still quite a hefty amount, um, uh, but a flat, right, worth that amount um, for a lottery to get that flat for any vaccinated Hong Kong residents. Um, starting June 15th, um, they started taking in those individuals uh, to participate in that lottery if they could show they were vaccinated. Also, the Hong Kong Airport Authority is giving away, by uh, lucky drawing, 60,000 air tickets to residents and airport staff showing that they're vaccinated. So at this point, you, you either may be plotting what incentive to take advantage of for yourself or possibly shaking your head in disbelief at the lengths this incentive business has gone to. Or I don't know, maybe a combination of both. I mean, how effect effective are these incentives? You know, the jury is still out uh, totally, right? Because we're kind of all still in the mix of it. Um, many of the incentives I just mentioned are even running through this summer, right? Um, if not longer. So, or we'll see them extended or new incentives, right? But, you know, um, but the numbers that that are showing up from from what we're seeing being reported, at least in what I've researched and looked at, and, you know, is that sometimes yes, these incentives appear to be effective, especially with individuals. Um, as you could see, some of these were targeted, especially in the U.S., towards young people. Some some of the young people that did not consider you know vaccination a priority, um, but they would do it for the incentive. You know, it's it appears to be somewhat effective with them. 
the the issue is that it those that have like a philosophical or sincere you know sincerely held religious belief or otherwise uh, that that they're not getting the vaccine it doesn't seem to be as effective right from what i've read so um, but I want to bring you back again to the episode number 38 pot for shots that I did right in this uh, podcast. So beyond the pot incentives, I also talked about in that in that um, legal skinny episode how leaders of companies were trying to figure out if they shouldn't offer incentives to their employees. Remember that? And uh, in while I discussed, you know, um, many businesses and well-known brands at that time had taken the plunge to offer an incentive. Uh, remember, there was a large group of businesses that were hesitant as to how this worked, these incentives, and concerned about whether there were any legal issues. And, and just for the record, um, you know, a lot of the lawyers that were probably advising them were also concerned, right? So, so much, though, that on February 1st, 2021, the organizations representing a lot of those businesses in various, many, many different industries, including um, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, wrote that single letter I mentioned in that podcast to the EOC asking for guidance. And among the main questions being asked of the EOC was what um, employers can offer incentives without um, getting in trouble under the ADA or other EEO laws. Um, I think they specifically were like, if you could give us a real specific examples about the incentives. Um, anyway, uh, you know, I saw that come across that they had sent that letter, the EOC, and it was published um, or in February 1st, uh, in February 1st, 2021. And I was like, yes, yes, EOC, answer these questions. Because <laughs> I myself, um, you know, had concerns. And then it was like crickets, nothing. So much that I, I that I mean, it crossed my mind. I thought, well, maybe the EOC didn't get the letter. <laughs> like, what's going on here? Like, don't they want to? Don't they want to inform the employers of what what to do about incentives and vaccines? Um, you know. Then of course, I you know, I quickly remembered that it, it was overly published and publicized to I don't know every news outlet. So yeah, of course, the EOC got the letter right. But literally, months passed, and I kept thinking, why has the EEOC not guided these employers? Which almost like if you had concerns, it kind of concerns you more that you know that they they had not answered right. You know, and then we uh, we heard the EOC's counsel stating, um, you know, and I'm, par I'm paraphrasing here, but something to the effect of, you know, we, we got that, we're working on that, and you should see something in the future. <laughs> it was like that vague. And I was like, oh, okay, that sounds uh, maybe promising. And I got really excited. And uh, and then, you know, and then it was a little while later, you know, um, I mean, it did prove that at least they got the letter, right? But, um, you know, I didn't hear anything. And then, and then finally, on Friday, May 28th, 2021, there's, you know, they drop and they love to drop this stuff on Fridays, but there's an update to the technical Q&A, the EOC, you know, that's been, they've been, um, their Q&A, they've been updating all through this pandemic. You know, the official name on the website, if you're looking at it, um, you may recall is the quote, what you should know about COVID-19 and the ADA, the Rehabilitation Act and other EEO laws. And there it is, Right. The EOC providing something for brands and their business leaders to look at to decide how to handle incentives. You know, almost four months after they received the letter requesting guidance that I mentioned. Ah, so timely our federal government agencies. <laughs> Anyhow, okay, all right. It, I, you know, if I sound a little frustrated, it's because I feel this. 
on behalf of my clients, on behalf of myself, on behalf of business leaders across the US, trying to do the right thing. And yet many either gambled and hoped they got it right, or many were discouraged by never getting the guidance and not wading into the incentive pool at all, even if they wanted to. So, you know, I'm ready to talk about it here. So in full disclosure, before I get into the EEOC guidance, uh, there are other parts of this guidance that were released in that May 28th um, update. It may go into like non-incentive related Q&A, which um, I'll not be, I won't be going into all that because it would be a super long podcast, but um, you know, it talks about requiring vaccinations, reasonable accommodation, undue hardship and other issues. Um, so, you know, by the time you listen to this podcast, I'll likely uh, have released my blog post outlining all the new stuff. Um, so you can check that deep dive into it at legalskinny.com under the blog section. But um, for purposes of this podcast, all right, we're do, let's just get into the UC's guidance as it relates to incentives. Now, remember, this is all laid out in a Q&A format. So that's how I'll be kind of discussing it. And the incentive section, just to kind of um, clarify it for you, it was broken down by the EOC into two sections, really. First is the ADA section, the related questions with the, of course, the Americans with Disabilities Act they're talking about. And then the second is GINA, and that's the Genetic Information Non-Discrimination Act of 2008, which, as you might already know, but if you don't know, um, the purpose of that act was to prohibit discrimination on the basis of genetic information with respect to health insurance and employment. So, so to make it easy, I'll go ahead and talk about the Q&As in that order. We'll talk about ADA and then get into GINA. So, okay, so uh, so they gave us two Q&As about the incentives and the Americans with Disabilities Act, the ADA. The first question under the ADA was, may an employer offer an incentive to employees to voluntarily provide documentation or other confirmation that they received a vaccination on their own from a pharmacy, public health department, or other healthcare provider in the community? And the EOC's answer? Yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. See, that wasn't so hard. Why didn't they answer that months ago? All right, okay, so let's keep going. So the, so the explanation the EOC gives here is that Requesting documentation or other confirmation showing that an employee received a COVID-19 vaccination in the community is not a disability-related inquiry covered by the Americans with Disabilities Act. Therefore, EOC is saying, um, they say an employer may offer an incentive to employees to voluntarily provide documentation or other confirmation of a vaccination received in the community. Um, they also remind you here, of course, is that, you know, uh, remember, the employer is required to keep vaccination information confidential pursuant to the ADA. Okay, so let's move on to the second question. This where it gets a little bit trickier, but I'm going to break it down for you. The second question, under the ADA, right, under the Americans with Disabilities Act, may an employer offer an incentive to employees for voluntarily receiving a vaccination administered by the employer or its agent. Do you see the difference here from the first question? The same issue comes up with the EOC in previous guidance we've gotten about mandatory vaccines, uh, vaccinations programs. So 
Um, there's a division or line in the sand the EOC continues to draw here. Uh, on one side is when the employee is getting vaccinated by the employer or its agent versus the previous scenario question, when the employee gets its vaccination from their own healthcare provider, such as a doctor, pharmacy, health agency, or another healthcare provider in the community. Um, remember that in the, in the first case where the employee gets vaccinated by the employer's agent, the, the agent includes um, any third party hired and contracted to provide the vaccine by the employer. So basically anyone with a contract with the employer to administer the vaccine, and that would be involved with ask, asking those pre-vaccination questions, um, it, it, those, are, those are the people that would be the agent for the employer in this scenario. So if your company thought about being courteous and hiring a third party, that would do voluntary flu shots normally to now administer instead the COVID-19 vaccine voluntarily, that appears to be what the EOC considers an agent of the employer, okay? And they divide those two types of, um, you know, vaccination programs. And they also appear, they, they also appear to divide it here with the incentives that they are looking at that differently. So you have to look at that differently when you're kind of trying to figure this out. So with that being said, back to the question, <laughs> the second question, under the ADA, may an employer offer an incentive to employees for voluntarily receiving a vaccination and in this case, it would uh, vaccination administered by the employer or its agent. And the EOC says, yes, if, and watch this if, if any incentive, which includes both rewards and penalties, is not so substantial as to be coercive. So the EOC explains that because vaccinations require employees to answer these pre-vaccination disability-related screening questions, a very large incentive by the employer could make employees feel pressured to disclose protected medical information. Um, then, you know, um, get this, the EOC says, remember the previous question, as we explained um, there, this incentive limitation, the limitation of it, you know, a large incentive, it does not apply if an employer offers an incentive to employees to voluntarily provide documentation or other confirmation of the COVID-19 vaccine on their own from a third-party provider that is not the employer or the employer's agent. See how they divide that up? Okay, so that's the two Americans with Disability Act Q&As that they gave us on incentive. Now, now, does the EOC define what a very large incentive is that could pressure the employees? Of course they didn't, right? So, mystery, question mark, question mark on that. Um, now, the next questions are interesting to me because it really involves employees and their family members under GINA, which, um, you know, it's interesting. They wanted to talk about it here because they clearly went into these questions um, making sure that, I, I don't know if they're seeing these issues or if they were just trying to anticipate them, but, um, and I'm not even sure, um, you know, as a business leader, uh, business owner, you, you know, that you want to go near all that incentivizing the family members or involving the family members in any of this stuff. But if you do, let's just run through the EOC's Q&A on it, just so you can kind of see. Um, it's a similar kind of analysis, but it's looking at it from the genome perspective. So this genetic information that you may get about the employee um, through knowledge about the vaccine. So question one, 
Under GINA, may an employer offer an incentive to employees to provide documentation or other confirmation that they or their family members received a vaccination from their own healthcare provider, such as a doctor, pharmacy, health agency, or another healthcare provider in the community? Answer from the EOC, yes. The employer can offer an incentive in that scenario. Explaining that under GINA, an employer may offer an incentive to employees to provide documentation or other confirmation from a third party not acting on the employer's behalf, such as a pharmacy or health department that employees or their family members have been vaccinated at. If employers ask an employee to show documentation or other confirmation that the employee or a family member has been vaccinated, it's not unlawful, according to the USC. It's not an unlawful request for genetic information under GINA because the fact that someone received a vaccination is not information about the manifestation of a disease or disorder in a family member that, you know, would be protected under GINA. Nor is it any other form of genetic information, uh, according to this guidance. So, so the EOC says GINA's restrictions on employers acquiring genetic information, uh, specifically um, prohibiting incentives in exchange for genetic information, they then don't apply. So moving right into the next question, under GINA, may an employer, see how you're going to see this, <laughs> it's going to sound familiar, <laughs> under GINA, may an employer offer an incentive to employees in exchange for the employee getting vaccinated by the employer or its agent. Now, similar to before, but this one's asking whether GINA would allow for this. So this is pulling out differently from the ADA. And the EEOC says, ding, 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 yes, uh, that it would be allowed um, in that scenario. Under GINA, as long as an employer does not acquire genetic information while administering the vaccines, employers may offer incentives to employees for getting vaccinated. I think this has been confusing for employers because a lot of them are like, well, I'm not administering the vaccine. This like third party that we hired, you know, paid money to, but we don't, we're not involved with the questions, but it doesn't appear to, um, to make a difference to the EOC under these analysis. They're talking about if you contracted with someone to administer the vaccine for your employees, they still think somehow um, that gives you access to the information answers to these pre-vaccination questions. And that's what they're talking about and why they've sort of drawn this line in the sand according to all this guidance they've given us. So, um, and, and specifically here, which is interesting, because uh, this came out May 20th, 2021, EOC says, look, um, that guidance, uh, the guidance we're putting out today, as of this date, the pre-vaccination medical screening questions for the three COVID-19 vaccines that are out there, they don't inquire about genetic information. So employers can offer incentives to their employees for getting vaccinated. So I thought that was um, pretty interesting that they had done an analysis on those medical screening questions. They also sort of kind of note there if for some reason those medical screening questions do change to ask about genetic information, I think this analysis would then change as well, of course. So, yay, stay tuned. Um, but they kind of put that caveat in there. All right, next question. Under GINA, may an employer offer an incentive to an employee in return for an employee's family member getting vaccinated by the employer or its agent? Uh-oh, okay. The UC says that would be a no. And their explanation is that under GINA's title um, to health and genetic services provision, an employer may not offer any incentives to an employee in exchange for family members 
receipt of a vaccination from an employer or its agent. So providing such an incentive to an employee because a family member was vaccinated by the employer or its agent would require the vaccinator to ask the family member the pre-vaccination medical screening questions, which include medical questions about the family member, okay? And asking these medical questions would lead to the employer's receipt of genetic information in the form of family medical history of the employee, which is um, interesting. So um, the regulations implementing Title II of GINA prohibit employers from providing incentives in exchange for genetic information. Therefore, the employer may not offer incentives in exchange for the family members getting vaccinated. So beware that, that line that they've said right there about the incentives and how far you can go. However, employers may still offer an employee's family member the opportunity to be vaccinated by the employer or its agent if they take certain steps to ensure GINA compliance. So they say that you can still offer it to their family members. It's just without offering that incentive part. And when it's talking about getting vaccinated by the employer or its agent. Remember, that's where that line in the sand is. All right. And the last question on Gina and wrapping this up here. Um, look, under Gina, they say, may an employer, in this question, may an employer offer an employee's family member an opportunity to be vaccinated without offering the employee an incentive? And that kind of was just answered in the answer to the last question. But yes, the EOC says yes. Um, Gina permits an employer to offer vaccinations to an employee's family members if it takes certain steps to comply with Gina. They say employers must not require employees to have their family members get vaccinated. So don't even think that's part of the deal here, okay? Um, and they and they can't penalize employees if the family members of the employee do not want to get vaccinated. So don't even think about putting that anywhere near a policy or anything in practice. But um you know, and that employers must also ensure that all medical information obtained from family members during the screening process is only used for that purpose of providing the vaccine. It's kept confidential. And they go on to say that, you know, it's important that that information is not provided to any managers, supervisors, or others who make employment decisions for the employees. Um, and in addition, employers need to ensure that they obtain prior knowing voluntary and written authorization from the family members before the family members asked any questions. And if these requirements are met, Gina permits the collection of this information, genetic information. And, um, and that's the info they gave us on the incentive part. So, you know, one part just in reflection on that that I thought was totally missed in this guidance. Um, I'm sure the USU would love to hear me say that. <laughs> I think this is totally missed in your guidance. Um, was the guidance about how the EEOC would like to see businesses handle incentives um, considering the possibly mixed nature of many workforces these days. So that many, you know, many employers, businesses, um, you know, business leaders, they're dealing with having individuals not getting the vaccine due to an accommodation, maybe because of a disability, medical reason or other, or, you know, a sincerely held religious belief practice or observance. Um, so if they are getting an accommodation um, to not get the vaccine, and there's a lot of talk about that in this guidance, but not about when it talks about handing out the incentives. And that was that was not really addressed in these in these Q and A's, right? At all. So, do these individuals um, that are getting this accommodation also need to be given a way to get this incentive? In other words, are there legal issues with discrimination or possibly retaliation? 
you know, because they're being treated differently by not offering these incentives to those that are not getting the vaccine for these protected reasons. Anyhow, it wasn't addressed by the EUC in this go around, but it should definitely be considered. And I would think on your mind, because there is a lot more in the guidance also talking about not treating those people differently. So I think you have to take that into consideration overall when you're deciding what you're going to be doing. You know, and I, I would be remiss to not recognize another big piece of all this vaccine stuff that's going on out there. Um, the laws and, you know, the, the steps being taken or proposed or passed in the various states across the United States to stop any requirements related to vaccines. Um, that's a whole nother can of worms, but I just kind of want to mention it here that like I, um, it's, it's another, um, while we have the, all these incentives and other things going on, there's another whole set of, you know, laws and, and movements going on related to kind of stopping the requiring of vaccines um, at the state level and some of the local levels. So I'll be breaking that down in a near future podcast because it's a little bit different than the incentive issues, but I just wanted to mention that here as well. So you may want to check that out in your particular state if that's something um, that you're looking into. Also, as far as incentives, um, look, I guess I guess we have some guidance now, right? You know, and um, before you decide to recreate the uh, the Oprah moment <laughs> with your employees to incentivize them, uh, you you remember, right? I mean, how could you forget? Like, uh, you get a car, and you get a car, and you get a car. <laughs> um, I mean, can you imagine what Oprah would have? had planned if she had been in charge of incentivizing America to get vaccinated from COVID-19? I can only imagine. Look, going forward, understand the limits that I briefly outlined the EOC has put on these incentives. And while I may not be encouraging you to hand out Ford F-150s, Teslas, or six packs of beer to your employees to get the vaccine, I think as you can see, the EEOC is greenlighting something more than just education about the vaccine, you know, an actual incentive to be offered. And that's great news if you've been holding back on how to encourage employees to consider getting the COVID-19 vaccine. And I'll leave it at that for now. And that's the legal skinny on beers, guns, and trucks for shots. Thanks for joining me on this episode of the Legal Skinny Podcast. I would love for you to go to www.legalskinny.com forward slash review to learn the super simple way to leave me a review to tell me which topics and guests you like. I value your thoughts and your review helps me support more company leaders just like you to grow as a leader themselves and to grow successful teams. I also drop the link in the show notes if that's easier for you. And while you're there, check out all the other resources I have for you as a company leader. And don't forget, our disclaimer to remember, Legal Skinny is for entertainment and informational purposes only, not meant to provide legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. Laws change or they differ by jurisdiction. So also remember, this is not a substitute for seeking legal counsel in your jurisdiction on the current law applicable to you.